Mitsubishi. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Friday, April 23rd. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Jake on the mic. Shido, we're going to get to you in a second, but we also have a special guest joining us today. We've got Dukes, a uh, pretty newly established full-time employee at Barstool Sports. So if any of you uh, DGENs are out there who follow all the gambling content, you're probably well aware of Dukes by now. So uh, Dukes, we'll give you the mic first because no one really needs to hear from Jake right now. So how are you feeling? And uh, welcome, welcome aboard. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, I, I do gambling content at uh, Barstool, and I, I'm also helping out with the Crease Dive Instagram. So living, loving, doing it. Yeah. Uh, so Jake, now, now, now's your time. How, how's it going? How are you feeling today? How are, you know, how's everything, your emotions, your ducks, your dogs, your trucks, your inseams? Everything's great. This uh, can't, can't complain. Uh, nice, nice day we're having. I don't know what the, what the weather's up like, you know, like up there, but we're about 60 degrees and sunny down here. So, you know, who can be, who can be upset about that? Not me. Yeah. That's, that's perfect weather to just head out to the turf with a bucket of balls and just send a couple greasers five yards over the cage. Uh, that's the only thing I'm good at. So <laughs> I'm the, you can, you can catch me doing that this weekend, no doubt. Uh, well, Dukes Buddies, yeah, so you mentioned you, uh, you fortunately, you took over the, uh, most of the Crease Dive Instagram, uh, you know, you, you do all the posting there. That's, um, that, that's an area much of the appreciated. job. Yeah, very much appreciated because that's an area of the job where, uh, I, I'm just, I'm not good at Instagram. Um, you know, people send over clips. I don't know how to save the clips that they send me. So I don't know how to post them myself. So I just say, Hey, that's a really cool goal. You just sent me, but I don't know what to do with it. Could you email it to me or something? Um, but yeah, so you, you've been in charge of that, been doing a great job at that also with the gambling content. So, um, you know, but, but let's, let's go back. Let's talk about you. Uh, so you're, you're a Long Island guy, correct? Yep. Yep. Um, so, so let's just talk about, you know, your, your, your background in Lax, your background on the Island and, uh, you know, just kind of what led you to this point where you're now having to deal with people saying, uh, Hey, this goal for my JV game was awesome. Could you post it please? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I grew up in, uh, in Garden City on Long Island. It's a pretty big hotbed. It's like where Justin Gutting went to high school and all that. And when I grew up, I played goalie. And I was uh, fortunate enough to be on this team called the Long Island Raiders. And on that team were a bunch of studs like Ryan Tierney, Mac O'Keefe. Like, we were really, really good. And I might be the only kid on that team that didn't go D1. So from there, I was just, like, always into, like, lacrosse and, like, following these guys. And then probably, like, senior year, junior year of high school, I was like, I don't want to play, like, lacrosse in college at all. So I was like, I'll just follow it. I want to be, like – like help like I remember like following you in high school I was like I want to do like the lacrosse media thing so then I started helping out with this website called uh, nosebleed sports started getting to like the PLL all that and um, kind of just led me to barstool because through lacrosse through just like writing about it through doing a podcast on my own well the podcast th fell through I had my own podcast on lacrosse too but uh through that all just kind of ended up here couldn't be happier too but yeah, I played every position in lacrosse you could possibly imagine. I played LSM, played goalie, played midi, sucked at attack, but I played everything you could, so I love the game. 
I, w- I would imagine after spending a couple years getting shot on in practice every day with, with Ryan oh, Tierney and Mac O'Keefe, like I, I totally understand why you'd be like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm done playing this. I still yeah. like the sport, but uh, I, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. It was, it's so funny in high school when I was playing goalie too, like I was like the backup and I kind of realized like, all right, like how can I like get these guys better? So when we were doing like one-on-one drills with the attack, then like I'd play lefty and I'd switch to my right hand and I'd get in their head and I'd be like five bucks. I saved the shot. and It'd be like a one-on-one. And these kids like going to like Duke and high point, like I'd be stuffing them and they'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I'm like, you owe me five bucks. Like I told you I was going to save that shot. And I'd be going lefty, righty. They'd, they'd, they'd be in a mental torture chamber. Yeah, people don't, people don't get, you know, people underestimate how much shit a goalie could talk. I played with a goalie growing up that he was, he was just fucking ruthless, dude. Like he'd save a shot and, you know, he'd be like, all right, popcorn going up field, you know, like, uh, hey, maybe next time, bud. Like he literally just like looked the guy in the eye, like on the yeah. doorstep first. He was like, all right, maybe next time, bud. Yeah, not happen. Know, talking shit as a goalie, I think is so fun because you're not expected to make these saves. So when you make them, like everyone's just like, That's what true. the fuck? Yeah. And it's so funny because I, I wasn't like very good, but I, I had more trouble with like 15 yards time in rooms than I was with like five yard shots, crease cranks on like right on me. Like I couldn't save like the stick side high shots, but one-on-ones I was like, might as well have been an all American. Well, that's a, that's a scouting report guy, <laughs> guy 50 from 15 and out. It's splash zone, but like, you know, you get in close. Yeah. No, you're not, you're not getting past the guy. What a, what a scouting report they had on you. That's well, fantastic. Well, here's the thing, because I, I imagine what happens is you talk so much shit in practice that these guys have a chance to come in one-on-one with you. And they're like, all right, I'm going to make dudes look like an absolute clown right now. And then it's just a classic case of like outthinking themselves, maybe throwing one too many fakes. Um, so, so you're in their head. So yeah. I, mean, I think, I think that that like you might have a future in um, you know having your own uh, Duke school for goalies who can't really save the ball well but want to do <laughs> things well and and you could you could start up that that goalie school and just teach these kids hey like just be an absolute clown and get these guys so pissed off that they just they're, they're so focused on making you look like an idiot that they get stuffed. So, um, you know, any of you pro goalies that are out there listening right now, you're probably going to see Ryan Tierney and Mac O'Keefe in uh, the PLL very soon. There, there's your, your scouting report on those guys. Just, uh, just get in their kitchen. So Dukes, that that's, that's something that you can uh, definitely think about in the future. Um, but in, in the meantime, like, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we get a lot of, and now that you're, you know, now that you have uh, control of the Instagram, you probably get this a ton. And, and definitely now that you're working at Barstool, you probably get this a ton as well. Just people who are DMing you and, and asking like, hey, how do I get my foot in the door at Barstool? You know, so, so you're there now, mm-hmm. um, you know, definitely a, a ton of people like in the lacrosse world who, you know, want to be a part of, you know, I think that there's, there's a lot of overlap with lacrosse fans and Barstool fans and people, you know, kind of want to be a part of it. And they ask like, Hey, like, like, what should I do? How can I get a foot in the door? And I think that you're a perfect example of what all these people need to do where it's like, go out and, and do these things on your own. Um, so like you said, you, you were doing your yeah. nosebleed sports, uh, and, and it wasn't just that you were out there like writing, like, like I ran into you at uh, Red Bull arena the first season of the PLL and, and you're out there with a media pat, like just going out there doing these things on your own. And then eventually one thing leads to another and, and you get to where you're at. So um, like that, 
that grinder mentality though is is that yeah is, is is that something that you think you you develop you know being being a, a backup goalie like you got to keep keep working to you know kind of get to the spot where you can be in the net um so you want to talk about that at all yeah 100 percent. i i always knew I, I think it was like 14 15 no one really grew up being like i want to work at barstool sports i think i might have been the first generation that was like i want to be a blogger which is like, my mom was like, what do you mean you want to be a blogger? I was like, I want to blog about lacrosse. And she's like, Jesus Christ, like, what are, what are we doing here? But yeah, just putting, putting your nose to the ground and just grinding. Like, I remember being like, getting no, no pay for this job, like grinding through college, like blogging like three, four times a week about like the PLL. My friends are like, what are you doing? Like, why are you podcasting about lacrosse? And I'm like, trust me, the PLL is going to blow up. It's going to be the next big league. Like, I just like trusted it so much. But going back to like how people get their foot in the door, all these DMs are like, how do I get my foot in the door? Like I could bring this, this and that to Barstool. It's like, stop talking about like what you will do when you get to Barstool and just do it and show people that you can do it and that you can grow social, that you can blog, that you can podcast. Because a lot of people talk about what they will do, but not what they are doing. That's my main thing that I took away and just like grinder mindset 100%. I've been like fighting to get here forever. You also come from a school that's just full of grinders. You know, your your alma mater, University of Dayton. You know, yes. that's a that's a grind school. You know, yeah. they've they they've sent. I don't know. You know, their club lacrosse team is extremely good, and they've sent. You know, I, I can't an immeasurable amount of players to play in the NLL. So, like, you know, they've they, it's a it's a grinder. It's a grind school too. So, like, you know, you spend four years or five years or however many years that you spend in college because yeah. we're not going to shame anybody for that. It could be seven, it could be ten. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a grind school too. So, how was your uh, how was your experience at the University of Dayton? You know, we know you're a Dayton Flyer, so you know, tell us about that too. Fuck, I mean, that was that was the best four years of my life. Uh, yep. Like, that, like a, I, they have to get a Division One program, like very very soon i think i think that it would be a lacrosse players like paradise because like only has basketball uh, like i feel like you can get like a ton of recruits out there because it's like a beautiful campus it's a fun school the club team's like really good so yep. i didn't play for the first three years club because i was like i'm so done with lacrosse like i I'm just like coming from long island they're always up your ass about lacrosse and it's like it's almost like texas football in a way just like your parents mm. your coaches just tire you out so like senior year my friends that are on the lacrosse team, they're like, we, we were runner-ups last year in the national championship. We just lost our LSM, like, come out and play for us. And I was like, I, I, like, I haven't played LSM since I was like, in 10th grade. Fuck it, I'll play. And I, and I, I played and I like, started last year and I was like, we're going to win the national championship. And we were like all in. Like, and it's a nice balance at Dayton of like three practices a week, no mandatory lifts, no mandatory practices, but like everyone kind of wants to win, but you don't have to like have that like, full-on commitment so i mean dayton was it was a lot of fun when the season got canceled last year i was heartbroken because i really think we would have won the national championship i wanted to be like an all-american so bad i was like i just want to see like <laughs> mcla division two all-american <laughs> that's a it's mcla is such a, it's a it's a, such a precarious balance of you know there are schools like that that can compete like dayton you know, they, it's kind of like they develop like this culture is like, Hey, we only have the opportunity to practice three days a week. So for those two hours that in those three days a week, we're going to go as hard as we possibly can. Right. And then everything else kind of, you know, you got guys who want to lift, you got guys who want to run in their spare time. That's perfectly fine. You know? So I think that, you know, 
club lacrosse is a good option for people who do get burnt out and which happens a lot. Can you speak to how, how, you know, how you got burnt out? Because I see it all the time, even down, even down here in Atlanta, you know, kids are being like run through camps every fucking weekend. You know, it's like their parents burn them out. So for you, was it like just living, you know, living on Long Island or was it like, you know, was there your parents involved? Was it a coach? You know, what, what, what kind of burnt you out? So it was so funny. My parents were probably the least, like they didn't give a shit what I did. So That's I was always the one that was like pushing, I was always pushing myself and they were always kind of like, Oh yeah, like, we'll, we'll pay for like the tournament teams. We'll play for your like club teams, whatever. But it was like just the atmosphere of other parents, like just being like from like fifth grade on, like I was playing defense in like fifth grade or whatever. And like, just, I remember like my one buddy's like dad would be yelling at me that his son let up a goal and like, it's all my fault. And I'm like, that shot was from 20 yards out. Like your son just sucks right now. And like the kid ended up being really good. But I was like, like, we don't have to like blame the fifth, fifth grade defender on like all the goals that are being taken up. And just like the whole atmosphere of like the pressure and in my town, it's just like state championships, Nassau County championships. It's like, everybody knows like the players on the lacrosse team just being like under a microscope all the time. I was like, ah, this is like, this is crazy. And then like going to D1 and you see all these kids from like other places, you're like, like, I just want to play D1. I just want to play with the best. And I'm like, I'm kind of playing with the best right now. I'm like, this just kind of isn't fun. Like, <laughs> I, I think one of my favorite, one of my favorite stories though, in, uh, in high school was when I was a freshman, Gotti was a senior and Gotti was obviously like the best. Like he was so good for like two years. It's like, he was on like the 2012 Garden City number one team in America. And his senior year, his highlight tape was like so overdramatic. It was like to like the dark night, like basically like trailer and and he had like 110 points and they were all with his left hand he didn't have one single point with his right hand like it's just like that's 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 why i love that kid yeah it was so fantastic yeah well dana donowski is uh is notorious for that he like he was asked about it like uh what i think it was in a press conference a while back about zach greer i think you know they were like hey coach uh i don't think i've seen zach greer shoot with his left hand and he was like i don't care <laughs> how, many goals, how many goals did he score and they were like yeah. uh like 63 and they're like okay <laughs> he was like all right cool that's fine if you can yeah. score did the ball uh, in the back of the net yeah. doesn't matter i think that's that's so funny 110 110 points on a casual senior year that's insane now is is that so is that a highlight t- is that on youtube or is that like a gun I mean, person gonna... all that because like i, I kind of uh, like the 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 music choices for or for yeah mostly like all across highlights in general like have gone on a wild journey over the past yes. 10 15 years um i think i i just saw it i i forget who sent this tweet out but lax twitter is still so small so i'm sure that whoever tweeted this will eventually hear that we're talking about it right now um but someone had said that like they they remember the days where every single lacrosse highlight was to either like breaking benjamin or um yeah or or, or rise against and the then, paul the paul rabel one the classic the breaking benjamin video is like an all-timer you know i mean like like that's a video that will <laughs> never go out of style um never. You know, and nowadays you, you go onto Instagram and, you know, there, there are plenty of like, you know, 30 second clips. I'm sure that there are some that are on our Instagram page right now where they just have, um, you know, it, we, we talked about this a lot last year with the kind of the, the over edited lacrosse. Fit. And I, I think I would love to find this gutty one where it's just 
five minutes of him stuffing a hundred lefty goals to the Dark Knight uh, trailer. So we we got, got, we got to get our he's hands got some on that football one. ones on here too. Yeah, he was a good football player, but his if you look up Justin Gardening twenty thirteen lacrosse, I bet you I, I could find. I, I mean, I watch it like once a year at least because I think it's so funny. Like, <laughs> like I know the kid that made it, and I'm like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this shit should win an Oscar right now. <laughs> it's like so funny. Yeah, there's like this that, one game against there's this uh, one game well, against Ward Melville, and he just goes through like everybody, and like you can't even like see the play because it's so over edited, where it's like bright yes. lights, you can't even see him anymore. It's so funny. We're gonna oh, have so to find, maybe we're gonna have maybe to find right this. there. So maybe we can kind of track that highlight as kind of the start of the like the super edits for lacrosse highlights. Because again, like like the the Rabel breaking Benjamin one, like like there was probably a point in my life where I could listen to that song by breaking Benjamin and picture like exactly like what highlight was going on like yep. at that moment of the song. Like that's how many times I watched that one. Um and like, don't get me wrong. Like, there are some people out there that do some amazing edits for lacrosse. Like uh, Eddie M on on Instagram. Shout out Eddie M. Uh, you, you know, he gets some real cool shots. But uh, yeah, but it's all the MIA bias, though. It's it's all about Baltimore. Where's well, where's all the where's all the others? It's always it's always fucking McDonough or something. Like, can we can we get some other schools? Well, he he's a he he does a lot of uh, Cabrini as well. Shout out to D three. We'll also talk about some D three a little bit later on in the show with uh, Tufts playing Dartmouth, um, right? I think that's the matchup. Yeah, it's Tufts uh, and Dartmouth. Okay, but yeah. So all right, well, Deuce, thanks for uh, sen- sending us down a trip of memory lane of all Breaking Benjamin. Gonna have to put that one at the end of the this episode. Um, so let so this year now so you've you've obviously you've been uh you've been manning the instagram account you've been working at barstool so you have a little bit more time to to watch a bunch of college across how have you felt about this season so far uh i'm like the biggest notre dame guy ever i think that i don't are you are you a notre dame guy like before like just in general like are you one of those guys who just like go like notre dame football like no 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 no, no, no. or are you just a specific fan of 2021 Notre Dame lacks. I love Notre Dame lacrosse in general. I hate Notre Dame football, so I wouldn't don myself as a Notre Dame guy. But like this team, when they were picked to finish last in the ACC, I was like, "You guys crazy!" Like I'm, I'm, I grew up with Kyle Thornton, who's like uh, the second defender for Notre Dame, and he transferred there, and they got this really good faceoff guy from Long Island, Kyle Gallagher. And I was like, "Yeah, Kyle Gallagher." Guys, I was like, "Are you guys sure that this team's gonna finish last?" Because I was like. Syracuse has nobody playing defense right now. It's Jake. It's Drake Porter against like the entire UNC offense. I was like, I don't think that Syracuse is going to be that good. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'm a big Notre Dame guy. I think that Kavanaugh is going to win a Tourton at some point. It was a shame that Matt couldn't win one. Uh, Griffin Westling is like really good at finishing. So like, I, I think that Notre Dame is going to get it done this year. Yeah, I mean they, a- they've got they've got a big old week ahead of them so they've got uh obviously yeah. you guys are listening to this on friday so last night would have just been uh notre dame versus duke the rematch of that one they already won the first round of that matchup uh and then on sunday i'll tell you what though i because so sunday they, they have uh north carolina so i'd imagine what they're doing is they're playing duke tonight well so we're recording this on thursday so they're playing duke last night now that you're listening on friday and probably just hanging out in the area while they get ready for uh, UNC on Sunday. I think like this, these two games, if they're able to pull these two off, then I'm, I'm right there with you where I think that they can definitely 
uh, end up playing on Memorial Day just because like not only are they do they have two massive top five matchups in just a span of four days maybe I don't know yeah probably like four days um, but also just being on the road just all the boys like obviously you know you're playing college lacrosse you're with your boys all the time um, but this road trip you know Duke on on Thursday UNC on Sunday just guys being dudes for a few days, hanging out in hotels or wherever they're staying, get that camaraderie buzzing, catch a couple dubs along the way. If they pull that off, then I'm very much with you on Notre Dame is probably the most battle-tested and ready team for Memorial Day weekend. A hundred percent. You like, this is also going to be really tough because you're playing Duke. They have like Notre Dame's had a long break since their last game against Duke. That was their last game in general. Now Duke's going to come out with, like, revenge. They're going to, like, give them their best. And I think that Notre Dame's worst matchup is against UNC. Because I think that UNC is also – I'd probably go Duke and U- – I mean, UNC and uh, Notre Dame are the two best teams in America right now. Those are, like, my hmm. two favorites. It's a bold move. Well, we know that we know that you have to – I mean, Duke's only loss is – you know, that was, that was Duke's only loss in the ACC to Notre Dame. So uh-huh. I, think that, I think that Duke comes out pretty mad about it. And, and I mean, I don't know. It's kind of, if they can, it's, it, it's tough to beat the same team in a row twice. So I think Duke is going to come out on top here. I don't know. I mean, it's so tough because like, you know, could, you know, not kudos, but whatever the opposite of kudos is shame on us for, I mean, we, we, we said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, like, you know, we need to see what Notre Dame can do with this fucking tough ass schedule. You know, their first four games were kind of pancakes and then, you know, they got six ACC games in a row and they're, they're already two and one. So I don't know if, I don't know. It feels kind of, can you say, I don't know if you could say that they're the, the second best team in the ACC when half of these other teams have already played five games in the ACC. I don't, I don't know about that. No, that's – it's, like, definitely – it's it's a fair argument. I just think that also uh, Wheaton Jacoboys on yeah, Notre Dame I, – I, yeah, he's the most underrated midfielder, in my opinion, in the country. I think that first midfield unit for Notre Dame's dirty. Um, I think that their defense – and Entman, Entman, the goalie for Notre Dame, I think he is going to be an immediate starter in the PLL. He's – I think he's the best goalie in college across. And Notre Dame has that factor – where they could go 60% from X and 60% saves. And I think if you go 60 and 60, you can win a game, like any game. So I think that any given, uh, I mean, any given day that Notre Dame has a chance. I, I mean, I mean, that's, that's pretty, I mean, Lehigh is, is, you know, it's pretty true considering Lehigh with, you know, the Sisselberger going like what, 70, 80, 90% consistently <laughs> yeah, yeah. in their way. And they're winning, you know, they're, they're winning big games. So, um, I don't know. I, I think that I think you've got a pretty good argument for Notre Dame. I'm just I'm I don't know. Maybe it's like a, like recency bias. You know, with with we always we always expect a lot out of Notre Dame, and then they they come up short. So like, 100%. you know, yeah. I think it's it's like whatever the opposite of recency bias is. I need to learn a bunch of new words because apparently <laughs> I just like whatever the opposite of this word. That's what I mean. God damn it. No, but like I, I do think though, like the way that that especially Duke's the way that you you kind of laid it out there with you know you go sixty and sixty from the X and in cage, and then I I think that the way that they do it is just you know they they have that defense who's able to uh, 
so I'm, I'm also in the process of, of le- learning new words. Um, stifle, stifle these, you know, these high end elite offenses that, you know, we have all across the ACC, um, where they're able to hold Duke to single digits, where they're able to shut down Syracuse, even though we've mentioned, uh, in previous episodes, and we'll mention again, this episode that, um, that Syracuse offense, not really getting the most out of everybody involved. And now they will be down one of those guys. Um, so we'll talk about that in just a second, but you know, that, that defense is just like, it is, um, you know, they, they just kind of like smother you. Uh, and, and then, you know, they're able to kind of, you know, you have a guy like Pat Cavanaugh who's able to, you know, have those tough possessions um, where, you know, you know that they're not going to, you know, play some really good defense down the other end of the field for 80 seconds and then run the ball down and then have someone make a bad turnover. And then they're right back on D. So I think that they play the game, um, you know, a really, uh, you know, just, just a way that, that, you have to win in the ACC if you're going up against some of these teams that can score at will. Okay, but here's the, here's the thing. So the, past, the last time the Duke and Notre Dame played, Duke had like 30 turnovers. Okay, that was an uncharacteristic game out I, of Duke. I, I, I just I – I, I think, you know, tonight could be a fucking blowout if Duke wanted to make it a fucking blowout. That's, the, that, that's what, I'm, what I'm worried about because Duke played so bad in that game it was awful you saw like you know the guys who were you saw like duke these guys who literally like i don't know how many fucking you know you expect them to make every single pass they were like throwing the ball away and stuff it was just like they couldn't get anything clicking so it's like how you know to me it's like it's tough for me to argue that notre dame like truly beat duke or if like duke beat themselves i also think that one of the key things in that game obviously was keelty uh notre dame's keelty yeah guarding I think Sowers, he's so expected to the early slides. Like, he's so used to early slides that he just passes it off right away. And Notre Dame really wasn't sliding early to him because Keelty was doing such a good job staying step for step with him. So I think that that kind of, like, led to, like, Duke not feeling comfortable. Just, like, those, he wasn't anticipating those – he was anticipating those early slides and they just weren't coming. I, I think that's a, I think that's a, a perfectly reasonable expedition. I think my thing – okay, so my thing with, like, uh, somebody on Twitter the other day was arguing that like Michael Sowers, like essentially like Michael Sowers is washed, right? Like that was like their thing. I was like, listen, I don't know what kind of expectations you have for someone who's going from a premier program like Princeton to a team where you have, uh, you know, Joe Robertson, Brennan O'Neill, um and just you know you, you, you i could go all i need more fingers right of how many good players they have and you expect the guy to do the same thing that he did at princeton when he has other other weapons at duke i just i, I was like how do you argue that like sours is playing poorly it, it's more telling of how good jack keelty is than sours being the other way because i mean you know duke still put up a you know it wasn't like a blowout or anything but i i hate Again, you're, Dukes, you play defense. I play defense. It's like, can we give a little more credit to Keelty rather than saying, like, Sowers just isn't playing well? How, how fucking sick at lacrosse do you have to be to where <laughs> 25 goals and 30 assists constitute you as being washed? Yeah. It's like, this, this it's guy, like the guy's got 50. This guy this sucks stinks. this year. Yeah. He stinks. Is, is, is Michael Sowers losing a touch? 55 points in, like, what, like – 10 games, 11 games. 
like Jesus. Yeah, Christ. they're they're like, yeah, no, no, he, he played terribly in his past two ACC matchups. The guy's got fifty five fucking points. Like, what are you? Like, what, are you on drugs? I think I asked the guy that. I was like, are you on drugs? Did you? See I know. That one the, I, yeah, and I think I, I think I remember who it was. Did you see that one person who was like, "Yo, this is what happens when you come to the ACC." Like. Sowers is going against those like Ivy League defenses. It's like what Ivy League defenses? It's like he's going against Kyle Thornton again, who was at Penn, who also had like Mike Evanschick, and then you had that Yale defense with like Chris Fake, uh, Aiden Hines. It's like what are you talking about? You're like if anything, the Ivy League defenses might have been better than the ACC. Yeah, no, absolutely, no doubt. Some of those Ivy League defenses were. I mean, there's, there's, there's it's just any division. You know, the average height of like a Division One defenseman is like six two or six three so it's like what i don't know i don't know what your argument is like i, I really don't know what the argument is like what like michael sowers yeah stinks is that, is that what you're trying to say all right man go ahead do you make the argument it's fine I, I if anything he's a better teammate like oh he's not selfish and he's not taking it to the rack every time oh wow what, what a bad teammate he is for like dishing it to his really really good players it, that's i can't even believe that someone would argue that stance I know. It's like, you know, there's, there's, he's just a different type of player too. Like you can't compare him to like a Chris Gray because like Chris Gray is all, is like in the same breath where like Michael Sowers is pretty much for all intents and purposes, if he wanted to be, he could be like unguardable, but he's decided to be a teammate, a team player, play out of his position, play above at, you know, play above goal line extended, that sort of thing. When Chris Gray has the ball, you just have literally no idea what he's going to do with it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like they're not even parallel. So don't compare them. And then you can't compare, like, I'm sick of these guys, like the top five guys in the game right now, Jared Bernhardt, um, Michael Sowers, Chris Gray, and then, you know, pretty much a handful of other names. They are literally all completely different players. So comparing them is just a wash and I hate it. Like, why, like, why would you do that? Like, just, I mean, they're not even the same height. Not that we short shame at all, Jordy. Well, I, I, I think, Chris Gray and Sowers are both a little, you know, Bernhardt has the, uh, de- definitely has the, the height advantage there. Um, oh my God. Dude, Bernhardt had that, that one, uh, and, and, uh, Kark tweeted it out saying like, how do you stop this? But that, um, you know, running from X gets the razor pick from behind. Uh, th- that's see, this is where we need to have, have the, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about Ken Notre Dame, you know, uh, go to Memorial Day weekend, uh, Notre Dame, UNC being the best two teams. I, I still think like Maryland doing what they're doing to the Big Ten. And I know that the Big Ten stinks this year. I, I know Penn State, it's, 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 I, I cannot imagine how much longer Tambroni has at Penn State because it is that bad. You lose to Michigan, absolutely fucking piss poor pathetic i mean shout out to michigan they're having a great season they they took down hopkins they took down penn state so i don't want to take too much away from michigan but also penn state what the hell are you doing um you know michigan stinks johns hopkins stinks. but what maryland has been able to do where they are just gunning these teams down um like they jared bernhardt is un, unguardable right now so um you know i mean i just i just pulled up the do video you still, do you still feel yeah so i mean so he has the ball He's behind the cage, gets the razor pick, kind of squares his shoulders back up at X, dodges right up that that alley. Uh, I mean, the defenseman did fade, fade away, fade away question mark jumper back in the net. Like, I mean, the defenseman does a great job. He hops the he hops the cage, 
I mean, he makes a good, a good, a good push at GLE. And then Bernhardt just hits the question mark right over the goalie's shoulder. Like what the, f- it's like, I, it's, it's just unbelievable. And of course you get 45 lax dads in the, in the, in the, in Kark's mentions, like just, you, you turn him a little better and you, you po you get a good poke check in there. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, you, you go out there and do it, Dale. Um, but Jake, yeah. I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask you first, and then we'll see what Dukes okay. has to say. Um, but so, you know, we had the conversation, I believe, on last week's podcast where, you know, is Maryland's, like, the, the weakness of schedule with the Big Ten, like, is that going to hurt them when it comes time for the tournament? And, you know, not necessarily the first-round game. That'll probably be a cupcake for them. But as they get close, like, the quarterfinal, semifinal. Um, so after we saw what they did to Ohio State, which I, I think, you know, there are three tiers in the Big Ten this year. I think Maryland is in a tier of their own. I'd put Rutgers and Ohio State mm-hmm. kind of in that middle ground, and then the rest of them are, are down towards the bottom. So, you know, it, it's not that they just put a beat down on Hopkins again. You know, they, they, they played a, a, an Ohio State team that we've been relatively complimentary of so far this season, um, and, you know, they were able to just beat that. So do you still feel like – that weakness of schedule is going to hurt them? Or do you think that they are just so goddamn like they, they, they beat down Ohio state. You can't say that that, that was like a weak win for them and they crushed them. So do you still feel like that weakness of schedule will hurt them? Um, so go ahead. Yes. I, I just, I, you can't look at, I mean, we know, okay, this is, this is tough because I don't want to disc. You can't on one hand, I, it feels like a diss to these these guys to say, hey, you know, they're only they've got five guys who have twenty five points or more, right? So Bernhardt was now was now guess Maltz, Long, and DeMaio, DeMaio, whatever, fucking Italians, um, and I mean, how impressive is it to put up eighteen points on Michigan? I mean, how impressive is it to put up 20 points on, on, on you know, they've, they've played Michigan twice and scored 38 goals against them. So I just, I don't know when, the, I mean, again, yes, they are practicing against their, themselves, but at the same time, what are you doing in practice to make it a different situation so that when you come up against, you know, UNC in the tournament, or you, you come up against a Will Bowen, or you come up against, you know, a JT Giles Harris, like, what are you doing to make sure that that's not the first time you see that caliber of defenseman, right? So, um, I mean, they are just as, as you know, to Duke's point, you know, uh, when we when we started out, like, the, if you're facing off at 60%, and your goalie's got a 60% save average, like, you know, Logan McEnany is at like 55%. That's not bad. You know, um, and plus, I, I, plus that goal, so that has to bump him. Plus up that goal, so he's probably at, so he's at fifty eight, definitely. Um, but like, uh, to to me, that I mean, that's that's pretty telling. I think the face off guy is it is it Shockey who's facing off of them? Yes, I, or Weirman. It's Shockey and Weirman. Yeah, Shockey and Weirman and Connor Calderon. They're they're about at fifty percent apiece. So like the problem might be, you know, going against some of these, uh, these premier face-off guys, the Kyle Gallagher's, the, the Tucci's, the tires. So if I'd say advantage for like a complete team, maybe Maryland, but in the other sense, I, I think that some of these ACT, ACC teams are going to give Maryland a run. I just, I 
I don't think that I don't know if Maryland can compete in the ACC. I, I don't know. So ultimately, I won't. I, I I think that for me, I need to see Maryland play an ACC team, a very another complete ACC team to accurately get a gauge of what Maryland is. I believe in Maryland. They are a a Final Four team pretty much year over year. So I'm not going to say like they're on fraud alert, right? Because that's that's reserved for Syracuse right now. Um, hashtag fire Desco. But I will put them on like a fraud warning. Okay. Like, you know, there's a difference between like a tornado, like a severe thunderstorm warning and like a tornado watch. So like maybe it's like fraud watch. Okay. So they're, they're on fraud watch. All right. I'll, I'll give, I'll give them that. It's not a, it's not a warning. It's a watch. So fraud watch for Maryland. Just in case, you know, I can, I, I, I'm not necessarily going to be wrong with this take, you know, because if it could turn out really well for me, no, so, nothing, nothing like putting the number one team in the nation on fraud watch. That's a uh, galaxy listen, brain right there. Dukes, <laughs> Dukes can, can, can we talk some sense into this man or where, where are we at on Maryland and the big 10 in general? Well, knowing Maryland and like they're, they're, they're probably going to make the final four. I'm with Jake. I'm kind of putting them on fraud alert. Because what's going to happen is in the quarterfinals, they're going to play like Lehigh, who like obviously not taking away anything from their year, but like they're going to play Lehigh. They're going to make the final four and everyone's going to be like, they're legit. And then they're going to play Notre Dame and get their dicks kicked in. That's my, that's my prediction. I just don't think. Okay. So his is his. So you, you want to crucify me for my take, but he's saying that he's going to get their dicks kicked I, in. So, I, all right. I, I think that both of you guys are, are maniacs. Um, also just a, a, a quick little, um, note on that potential Maryland versus Lehigh uh, matchup in a quarterfinal. Um, James Spence, goalie of Lehigh, high school teammates, Kyle Long of Maryland. So, um, you know, I, I think, I don't know, I, I might have to give James, a, I, I've seen James stop Kyle shots a lot of the times in practice at Springfield, Delaware County. Philly hotbed, just a, an absolute historically legendary program. Um, so I, I wouldn't be so quick to say that Maryland beats Lehigh in that one just because of that matchup. Um, but no, if I, I just, it's, it's insane that you guys have to see them beat an AC. Like what, what do you want Maryland? Like they're not in charge of their schedule. They're not in charge of the fact that, that Hopkins has totally forgotten how to play lacrosse over the past four or five years they're not in charge that the fact that easy penn, that penn state has just completely fallen off because grant Ament is out there it's not their fault that you know michigan has made the jump from the club program to d1 but they still can't get um all the recruits that they should be getting right now so like all that stuff is out of their hands the only thing that is like in their control is how they play the season and you just go down the lineup of of their scores and it's it's not that they're just winning in the big 10. Like they are, I, I don't think that there's been one game closer than actually I'm, I'm going to look at it right now. I'm going to do some really quick math in my head. Okay. So they beat Rutgers by four like in one goals. game, but, but other right. than that, all of their wins are like six, seven, eight goals. Like they're beat downs. So the only thing that's in their control is how they play against these teams. And, it, and it's been beat down after beat down after beat down. So, yeah, like maybe I also they're going to Rutgers is good. And neither, neither do I, and I never have. But again, yeah. but it, but it's but it's but it's beat down. Like that, their closest win was a four goal win. That's that's pretty telling. Of I, I don't. 
Dukes, I, I, I know you're a big Notre Dame guy, but I, I don't think – I like Maryland that, too. Okay. Historically, I, I like and, Maryland. And, and you know, yeah, that, so Maryland, Notre Dame, like that would be – like that, that would be a treat to watch. And one mm-hmm. that could go either way. I wouldn't necessarily call it a dick kicking. No, I as, as, <laughs> Well, you did. You did. He, no, no, you can't say that you wouldn't, but you did. So Listen, here's the thing. Dick kicking is a lot of fun to say, and I understand getting, getting wrapped up in a take as you're going, as the motors are going. But I, I, I agree with you that Maryland-Notre Dame, like that would be a, a treat to watch. Maryland versus any of those ACC teams would be a treat to watch. And they'd be close ones, but I, I just I, – I, I, I just think that Tillman, right? You know, Coach Tillman, if you're listening to this right now, and and you put the crease dive on the uh, on the whiteboard as as some bulletin board material, just remember, it was Jake and Dukes who was doubting you guys. It was not Jordy. So I will gladly throw these two under the bus. I mean, you're. I I think that you need to be less diplomatic with your takes. I think you. I think you need to be more combative, because that's the kind of stuff that gets. That, that gets the people fired up. It also is the kind of stuff that gets somebody in your mentions for like 30 days, just berating you about one thing that you said on that they didn't like. So, I mean, who, take who, your pick. Who, who's in your mentions? No, nobody, nobody. I'm just saying like, you, you're a hot, you know, I always, I always check out when you're tweeting about hockey, but there's somebody who's like telling you to fuck off because like they love the flyers and you just, you hate the flyers. So Listen, if, if you want a combative take that will get people riled up on Twitter.com. Flyers is a disgrace. Well, no, the Flyers is a disgrace. Uh, the, the Flyers are dead to me. They're, they're not the Dayton Flyers, Dukes. You don't have to get up and arms not, right not now. The, not yeah, the Dayton. Dukes was about to punch through the computer screen. Uh, no, the Philadelphia Flyers. No, but uh, if, if you want to take that will get the people going, Syracuse across, hashtag dead. They are yeah, done. You, you, can, you can draw a line of chalk around them. Um, the dream of having all five ACC teams in the tournament, that looks to be done. Um, Syracuse just, uh, I mean, what an it's, – it's crazy that, you know, what has happened over these past few weeks where, um, you know, just the beatdown by Notre Dame, the beatdown by North Carolina – uh, Chase Scanlon now suspended indefinitely. Like this was a team where bef- right before the season was paused last year, like this was, they were the number one team in the nation. They looked like they were going to just cruise their way to Memorial day weekend. They brought back pretty much everybody besides what Nick Mellon. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, th- I think like they, they ran it back with like pretty much everybody else. Um, and then just, just in the, this past, I guess this past month, it has just completely fallen apart, um, way off the tracks right now. And I just, I don't see how they get back on with their, you know, their final two games of the season uh, coming up against Virginia, who, yeah, I mean, obviously they, they put a beat down on Virginia in the beginning of the season, but Virginia is a team where, um, you know, they're, they're starting to come on now. I don't even know. Did the docs play that game in, in February? Um, doesn't count. Yeah. In football, doesn't, all shape. Yeah. So, so docs wasn't even there for that uh, game in February. And so they, they close out the season with Virginia at Virginia and at Notre Dame, who, you know, Dukes has already said is going to dick kick their way to a, a championship on Memorial day Monday. So Cuse dead. 
Um, where, where, where are you guys at on, on the orange? Dukes, you can take that one first. Yeah, I've been out on the orange for the past decade. Uh, I'm just, I just can never get behind them. And especially, like, everyone was, like, on their hands and knees praising, like, their midfield unit. But, it's, again, it's like your best cover guy is a D3 transfer from Gettysburg. Not taken away from my D3 folks. I love my D3 folks. Like, some, I think that some D3 programs could beat some D1 programs. But if you're putting a D3 guy that was going against, like, the Tufts Jumbos last year and then putting him onto Michael Sowers, I think that Michael Sowers is going to have a field day. Um, like everyone just like counted out like that like faceoffs and defenses are really important and that Syracuse was below average in both those categories. Like Tucci on UNC had a field day on Sunday. Every single faceoff I watched, he won. Um, yeah, so Syracuse frauds, and I'm not even just saying frauds as like this year. I'm saying like fraud as a program. And Desco should have been fired three weeks ago. I mean, you could you could certainly. Say, I mean, you know, he. I mean, if you look at their if you look at their roster, right? They've got you know some of these guys who are who can really really play. Jamie Trimboli, Brendan Curry, and Tucker Tucker Dordovic. That's that's a midfield line that I feel like. I mean, they they're putting up numbers, right? 23, 23 points, twenty three points, thirteen points. But it's like, how are these? You know, you you got three attackmen who have combined for about a hundred points. You know, how do you well, put up these only numbers? Two of them now is Chase Gallon is suspended. Right, 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 right. The season. Which, which I, which I imagine uh, will either see Owen Seabold or hopefully Griffin Cook. Actually, I think Griffin Cook is very underrated. He should be on the field more. That's just my opinion. If I were, you know, I'm, I'm available to coach at Syracuse if anybody needs me. Um, I just don't know how you put up that kind of numbers and and you and you you lose four games. You know that well, that, that doesn't really compute for me. Said, where just defensively, like this team is getting i know you know like I, drake I, can only do so much yeah drake drake can only yeah, do so much do. i feel bad um, for him you know and and that's kind of like one of those things where um you know i, I kind of with with penn state losing grand Amant, and it's like how you know how can a team you know granted grand Amant is an incredible player but like how does losing just like one guy completely derail your team that much you can kind of do the same thing with Syracuse and Nick Mellon where, you know, it's, it's like, you know, and, and, you know, he, he's been hurt like a bunch of times while he was in college, but it's like, you know, you, you lose this one guy and you, now you have like no answers for some of these teams. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I don't know. Chase Scanlon losing him. Like you, I, in my opinion, that's, that's a little addition by subtraction. I, I, we, we've, we've talked on previous episodes where not really as high on him, especially this year. Um, I, I've, I put out there on Twitter this week when it was announced that he was suspended, that we should just retire 22 from Syracuse because it, it has not worked out at all in, in recent no. history. Um, then I was, I was quickly reminded that Joey Spolina will be, yeah heading to Syracuse in a couple yeah, of okay. springs. And, and I think that we'll get it. So, so here, so what, what I will say is Syracuse in the moment, very much dead. Um, Dukes, you, you can definitely call them a, a fraud program for over the past decade ish or so. Um, I do think that Joey Spolina is a kid that will go there and immediately mm-hmm. kind of turn that program mm-hmm. around. Um, but yeah, so 
who knows, maybe, maybe Desko's on his way out and then coach Bellina jumps right in there. Oh, now that now isn't, isn't, he's a stone. He's at Stony Brook women's right. Yeah. But I mean, his dad I know was, just, yeah, yeah. Joe's at Joe's at, he's the Stony Brook women's coach, I think. Yeah. Now, now what, what do you think, what do you think happens if, Desco, which I, I don't think I don't think he'll be fired for this season. I think that this I don't know how many guys you can fire like in a season like post pandemic, mm-hmm. like because then you have that like built in excuse. Um, but when the the day comes that Desco finally is fired, and you know it, it'll suck because Syracuse Twitter will no longer have any reason to be online anymore. Um, but who who do you think that Gary Gate? gets that job do you think that he moves from the women's to the men's or isn't that women's team like a fucking dynasty there's no way there's no way okay well, i don't we'll even think gate would want it okay we'll see i mean they they have uh, i think they have two games against boston college coming up um this week we were actually dukes we were supposed mm-hmm. to have charlotte north on this week um but she's she's a little busy traveling for these uh syracuse games so um yeah glad i could take over for charlotte north uh now probably have a little bit of a harder shot than her, but that's not taking anything away from her. <laughs> you think I just, if she's shooting it, if she's shooting it 15 yards out right to my stick, no way I'm saving that. Yeah. No. There's we, as we've discussed, that's the, would, that's your weakness. I would love, I would love to actually do that. Like step in the cage. I, like my girlfriend actually, like my ex-girlfriend in high school plays for Syracuse lacrosse. And when we were practicing for the season, I'd have her shoot on me. And I was like, wow, this sucks. Like she's so much better than me. <laughs> I, th- I think that that's something that we could probably make happen. I yeah. think, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll be in, we'll get Charlotte North eventually, but we'll talk to her and we'll get you suited up and um, yeah, just some 15 yard step downs, which she has just been bombing all yeah. season. Um, and then maybe, but then we'll, we'll see, talk a little trash and then we'll get uh, some, some up and in tights. Dope. We could, do, we um, could do that. I'll, I'll fly out to Philly for that. Can I'll meet, I'll meet somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's, uh, she's from Dallas. So maybe, maybe we'll even, we'll, we'll do a road trip with, with all the boys down to Texas. Um, all right. But yeah, so, all right. So it seems like we're all in agreement though, that, um, we, we can pretty much just draw the line of chalk around Syracuse. Two more tough games coming up for them. Mm. Seems like, uh, We'll we'll have four teams in the ACC finish the year in the top five, and then we'll have one that misses the uh, the tournament. So unfortunate, but uh, yeah. So let's look ahead to this. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap things up kind of quickly here. So we've got a another. You know, we're we're coming down to the wire here on these regular seasons for Division One college lacrosse. We got a couple big games. Obviously, we've mentioned before. You're listening to this right now, so Duke Notre Dame has already happened. But uh, let's let's just give some predictions anyway. On you know, and then then some of us can end up looking like geniuses, and some of us can look like idiots. Um, Duke's just kind of from from everything that you've said so far this episode. I have a feeling of where you're leaning on this one. Yeah, I'm going Duke. Oh, I, that's exact opposite of what I you've. Well, I'll, I'll be, it's per, it's a perfect. It's a win-win scenario for you. Who the mind. fuck is this guy? What so is? Come on. You pick. I pick Duke because I think uh-huh. that like my brain's like my brain's telling me like Duke really good. They they'll pull this one out like revenge game. Because if I was on Duke, I, I know the way that I come out for this game. So I'm I'm saying Duke's win this one. But I root for Notre Dame, so it's a win-win because I'm either right. Or my like inner ambitions, like all right. So, 
it's kind of a win-win. I like it. I like where I stand. So I'm going I, Duke. I, Duke no, by I, two. I, I like that. What a, a, a ambivalent take. Just right down the middle. Just <laughs> yes. cutting, it, cutting it right down the middle. You the, can't be wrong. This guy the vocab, knows the internet. The vocab, the vocab on this episode has been yes. superb. Um, so, Jake, we got Duke versus Notre Dame, the Thursday night ACC matchup. I think Duke crushes them. I think Duke wins by five or six because I think that they – I think that – I cannot imagine what the locker room was like after that game last week or two weeks ago after they, you know, had 25, 30 turnovers, I bet Donowski absolutely ripped them a new asshole. Um, and I bet they did it to themselves too. They, you know, you could tell that they were, they were just, they couldn't get shit going, you know? So I think Duke gets one going, you know, like, you know, like we've said, you know, the, the face-off, I think that'll be, I mean, fairly important, but you know, goalie play too. So I think Adler and Intamin are, you know, that's a pretty premier matchup. I still think Duke comes out on top. I think they come out hot. Brennan O'Neill, seven points. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, so I, I don't see Notre Dame winning both of these games this week. I, I think that that's a real tall order for them. I think, you know, and it'll probably be good for them to kind of head into the tournament uh, with, with just an, another loss under their belt, just, you know, something to keep them hungry, you know, kind of head into the tournament with a bad taste in their mouth. So I don't see them winning both of these games uh, this week. I, I think that they might. I, I feel like Duke is still the better matchup for them than, than UNC. So I, I think that they, they beat Duke on Thursday, but then they'll lose to UNC on that Sunday. And then they'll finish out their, their regular season with a win over Cuse. Um, now, granted, that, that all hinges on this game not going to overtime. If the game goes to overtime, then Joe Robertson obviously scores, and everyone knows how that happens. So, um, but I don't know. I, I just think uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of – I don't know. Duke sold me on the Irish so far this episode, and, and it's, it's not that I've been out on them. Um, I've, I've also been on the, you know, just keep showing me more, more and more of what you are. Um, but I, I think that – this is this is a good another good matchup for them, and then Sunday they'll drop one. So we've got two Dukes, and I'm just gonna be the different guy and go with UNC. Um, the rest of the uh, of the weekend, couple of well, so we've got a couple of D3 and uh, D1 matchups coming up this weekend because uh, the Ivy is is back. Uh, shout out Larkin Kemp. I think Larkin Kemp on Twitter saved the Ivy all on his own. Um, it was a, it was a one man, it was a one man endeavor and, uh, and, and he got the job done. So, uh, it looks like, uh, Penn will be playing Cabrini. That's a, a little, you know, a little crosstown rivalry here. Um, and then also on Saturday, it will be, uh, Tufts taking on that, that's Dartmouth, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how, how do you guys feel about the D3 D1 matchups? These are, these are going to be teams that have been playing, some division three balls. So they've, they've got some game experience underway. They've, you know, they, they've been in these situations, but then you're also going up against division one opponents. Granted, these are, you know, Cabrini is the reigning still national champ Tufts, one of the best programs in D three. So do we see the D three upsets 
come out this weekend? I think I, I say I say Tufts over Dartmouth. Uh, I think I think Tufts that that's a that's a perennial powerhouse. Um, I don't know about Penn and Cabrini. Uh, I I just I don't I, I I don't I don't feel like I know enough about either team. You're the you're the Philly guy. You know more about Cabrini than I would. Yeah, I mean, so Cab- in, the. I mean, Cabrini's been having a pretty, pretty strong season so far. They have, uh, you know, they have a loss to Salisbury, um, but like their their conference is like fucking terrible. Um, so there's not really much that they can do off of that. Um, so like they haven't played anybody like worth a shit in a while. Um, so I, I do think that going up against Penn's going to be a, a little tough order. Um, but I mean, they they've got this one guy, uh, Ty Kostak, who is just an unreal offensive weapon. Uh, so I, I'd go I'd go Tufts for sure, and Cabrini Penn coming down to the wire. But I'd I'd put Penn with uh, maybe coming out on top by a couple goals. Dukes, how do you feel about the D threes heading into this weekend? I mean, Tufts has like what five returning All Americans, studs. They're putting up like twenty seven goals a game. Dartmouth, lower tier Ivy. I bet you that a bunch of these Tufts guys could have went to like an Ivy school. Uh, yep. Yeah, I'll take Tufts by five, five plus. And uh, yeah, I think that Penn's going to come out, come out on top of that one. I think Mike Murphy's going to make sure that they, uh, they win that uh, crosstown rivalry. All right. Well, outside of uh, the D3, D1 matchups, we've got um, just, you know, kind of looking at this Saturday slate of games, obviously the big one that stands out would be Virginia versus Syracuse. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we could be wrong. Maybe, maybe this is kind of a, a little shakeup that Syracuse needed to kind of get themselves on track. I feel like they've kind of turned into a bit of a laughing stock. Um, so Cuse, Virginia, uh, we all know how the first one turned out where, you know, pretty tight game until you know that fourth quarter and then Syracuse just decided to jam their their foot all the way down Virginia's throat um so I think that ended up being the 20 to 10 final uh so we you know all three of us declared Cuse is dead so are are we all sticking with that one for for this Saturday matchup I believe it's at Virginia too so this will be one of Syracuse's like first times ever having to get on a bus to play an away game um Dukes, we'll, we'll let yes. you take this one away. Well, yeah, Jake, that's pretty definitive. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so credit to me. I forgot about Virginia, and they're peaking at the right time. I like, they, I'd say Virginia is the top four team in the country. I think that Docs is completely back. I think he should be the first midfielder taken off the board in the PLL draft. Yeah, I think Virginia is going to win by four. Four okay. goals. Four goals, yeah. Okay, I think that All one's right. solid. So we've got Duke by two, Virginia by four. Just in case any of you out there are looking for a, you know, to to make a little coin this weekend. Um, Jake, you 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 hit the uh, you you smashed that yes button on Cuse being very much buried. Yeah, I'm smashing the yes button. I think that it's got to be also pretty you know, uh, demoralizing to have one of your, you know, your premier players kicked, you know, suspended from the team. And definitely, um, I think that they, I, I think that it's a blowout. I think, I think Virginia crushes them. Um, I think they take advantage of that. I think Virginia is playing too good right now. They're, you're, as Duke said, they're literally peaking at the right time. Um, 
you know, they, they're kind of like cresting this wave of production. You know, Connor Schellenberger is snapping ankles. Um, you know, Docs is hammering them from 15. I mean, PD LaSala is playing really well. I think it's the perfect storm for Syracuse to get their dicks kicked in on the road. So um, I, got, I got Syracuse by five plus, or sorry, Virginia by five plus, excuse me. All right. Wear a, wear, wear a cup. A lot of dicks getting kicked this weekend. Um, <laughs> keeping it within the, the top 10, because we, we don't want to talk about all these. So, I, well, we've got Maryland Hopkins, the rivalry part two. Um, oh my God. Now, now, here's the thing, though. This one's at Homewood, and you never know. You never. Come on, Jake. Th- this is, you're, you're a Hopkins guy. Like, you pay tuition. I, yeah, I know I'm a Hopkins guy, but like, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't foresee, I mean, you're, yeah, you're okay. basically so a part they, of the band. Come on. You got it. Yes, I know. So like inject the last some life played, into Hopkins was, here. Okay. So last time they played, it was seven, seven and a half. And I think that that was a great half. They played Maryland really tough, you know, but the, the issue is that Maryland has so many weapons running on and off the field. It's, it's, it's tough to defend. I think, I think a great game for Hopkins would be playing them within five goals. I think that would be a fantastic – I think that would be a, a W in the Hopkins win column if you can play Maryland within five goals at home with the current team that they have. I, I think that that would be, be a W. So I, I am rooting for that, but I would not be surprised if Maryland pours it on, right, because of the rivalry. You know, it could be 10-8 at half – or it could be, you know, 15-8 in the fourth quarter and Tillman might say, just pour it on, keep it up. You know, it could be 22-8 by the time that the fourth quarter ends. So, again, as I said, great game if, it, if, it's, a, if it's under five goals. I, I, think it, I think if I – I'm not a betting man, but if I would, I think I'd smash the over on whatever that game is or whatever uh, on that game. I, I think Dukes might agree. He's the betting guy. I'm not. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think that Hopkins, I think that the, both teams will get their goals. And I think that if Hopkins, like, obviously, like, if I'm, a, if I'm a goalie, if I'm the Hopkins goalie going into that game, I don't know, credit to me, I don't know who he is. But if I'm the Hopkins goalie going into that game, you're like, homeward field, Maryland, rivalry. You get a little bit more, more juiced up in there. Your, your reactions, your quickness is just a little bit more on time. I think if he has a hot day, I think Hopkins can pull off the upset. They just need a couple stops. So, I'm actually going to go with Hopkins to beat Maryland. What? Yes. <laughs> this guy this guy's sm- this guy's smoking drugs, folks. Yes. This guy's well, smoking for, drugs. I'm still, you know, 420 was 2 days ago. I'm still feeling <laughs> the effects a little bit, so <laughs> but yeah, Okay, he, that's a that's a bold one. That's a bold so, one. I dig it. Ma- so, Maryland versus so Maryland versus Hopkins. Maryland versus Hopkins brought to you by 3 Chi. Put in a promo code crease dive. It'll get you 0% off. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, like, like uh, now here's the thing. Th- this is where I, I'm, I'm still a little bit back and forth on what the home field advantage does for Hopkins, because I think if Hopkins had a few more killers on their roster, you know, guys who like kind of have that, like, like if, if Cole Williams was an absolute, like just, dickhead every single time that he touched the field and he was like i'm going to bully this team that i'm going up against mercilessly then i'd be like okay yeah like at homewood 
you know, first, uh, th- this is the first Hopkins Maryland game rivalry game at Homewood for Pete Millman. Um, so I'd be like, okay, like, yeah, like maybe like they'll be so fired up for this one that even Maryland can't, you know, won't be able to hang. Um, but I, I think that Maryland just has more killers on their roster to where they're like, hey, like, let's really ruin Pete Millman's first rivalry game at home. Like, let's really pour it on this guy. Like, let's take. Hopkins soul out of their chest feast on it give it to our turtles and then get out of there and just march our way onto the tournament so um yeah I think that it'll be Maryland pretty big um but I but I do like the the faith in Hopkins that you have there Dukes and I would love I would actually if I'm rooting for chaos like I would love to see that happen um yeah we do do love chaos and and here's what it comes down to and 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 it's it's a lacrosse season that's been kind of lacking chaos. I, I feel like this this entire season's been pretty much by the book. Kind of everything that you expect to happen has mostly happened. Um, so injecting a little bit of chaos in in there would be great. I just don't see it, but it would be great. Um, yeah, the rest of the uh, of, of the top ten. Uh, Lehigh has Bucknell. That's a win. Georgetown has Providence. That's a win. Um, so 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 the you know the the big east that's all wash um obviously the sunday matchup with with unc and notre dame we've kind of talked about before um so i said that that was the one that notre dame was going to drop of this weekend um where where are you guys at on that so i think you guys both had duke so do you guys both have notre dame dropping both of these games while they're taking the trip down to north carolina I don't know about dropping both games. I think that if you drop the mm, drop the first, bounce back on a Sunday. Yeah, but like the the but the problem is that you're bouncing back with. It's not like you're bouncing back for like a with like a um, you know, like a pancake team, right? You know, UNC is probably. I think UNC is, in my opinion, the best team in the ACC. But that, that's 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 just me. Um, I think that okay. I think it's a win for Notre Dame if they come out with a win this weekend. I think Notre Dame. I I will accept Notre Dame's competition in the ACC if they win one game, right? I will throw my support behind Notre Dame if they win both games, and I will chop Notre Dame out of the ACC if they lose both. How's that? How's that? And, and all my Notre Dame, I mean, I know Nick Costello is going to be listening to this as he always does. Uh, he can, he can, he, I hope, I hope he's listening to that because I'm, I'm, I'm shitting on his team right now. I think that that's a, that's a fair way to look at it. Dukes, what do you got? All right. I just put myself in a mental pretzel because I think I might switch my prediction for tonight. I think that I think that Notre Dame Notre Dame has to win tonight. I think. I, I think against UNC, just like they'll be tired. Gallagher's wrist might be a little bit like sore. Like I think I think they gotta win tonight if they want to come out with a win. If they go if they drop both, I don't think they're frauds, but it wouldn't be good. No bueno on that. But yeah, I think they gotta I, I agree with Jake. They gotta come out with at least one this weekend. Yeah, it, it's gotta be and the best Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, their best matchup is against 
Duke. The more I think about UNC, Tucci with rests, like Colin Krieg's a really good goalie. Like, I don't know. I don't know if Notre Dame could – if they drop tonight, I think that they could lose to UNC. I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, Colin Krieg – yeah, Colin Krieg's probably one of the best – you know, one of the better goalies, if not the best goalie right right now playing. Um, you know, it's it, – they have to win one game. It, it, it's it's a it's a they make a statement if they win both they they fly through if they win one and it's also an equally poor statement if they if they if they lose both so okay i i could see them i could see them coming away with the with the upset with with duke and then you know getting washed by by unc i just i don't see them winning both games i, I don't okay um, so it it seems like i was i was on the money on that we'll see how it turns out but that's exactly how i how i looked at it. i i i knew well, not that I know, because obviously it hasn't happened yet. But I, I, I figure they'll get one, but it's gonna, it, it's gonna be a whole lot easier to get the first than it would be to lose and then a quick turnaround get the second. Um, all right, so yeah, it seems like we're we're all on the same page on that one as well. So um, yeah, and, and anything else that sticks out on the schedule to you guys? Um, looks looks pretty much straightforward. I mean, uh, Mount St. Mary's Wagner—that's gonna be a big one. Um, Wagner money line. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> the value. You got to take uh, it. You got to take it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the CAA has been interesting this year. Um, it's just I'm 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 at a point right now where I I'm kind of just focused on the teams that I'm expecting to see there, like in the in the quarterfinals or Memorial Day weekend. So I, I don't really see a CAA team in the mix there. Um, but those games, you know, if if you've got nothing better to do, you know, Saturday at noon, you can hop on the web stream to watch Towson Delaware. Like that'll be Towson's a team, a program that we've been um, a little down on in in the past you know year or so, but they're kind of coming along here. They, you know, strung together three straight wins. So, you know, if, if you don't have anything else to do, there's a game for you. Um, but yeah. As, as for the rest, of, I mean, that seems to wrap it up. Um, and then what we have the PLL is, is the college draft next week. Yeah. All yeah. Right, the so one they, that they wanted, they moved back. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this'll be uh this'll be your last chance to see some of these guys before they get picked up in the PLL college draft. They're like third draft in the last month. Um, so, you know, get, get the uh, pens and paper out, get your mock drafts going. I know that uh, Dan Arestia already has his, so go check that one out. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die. Dukes. Thanks for jumping on buddy. We out. Streets are cleared away